I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisper and Brew. Hello, mate. G'day, buddy. What's crackalacking? Not a lot, mate. Not a lot. We're here to talk the Bulldogs. And there's more Good. There's more positivity in the room, I feel, today, as there was with the Raiders podcast. Uh, not one of our finer pods, if we're going to be brutally honest, but uh, there was still plenty to discuss. The Raiders don't excite Brew and I a whole lot. And to be honest, when it comes to the ladder rankings, the Bulldogs don't really excite us a whole lot either. But there is more Supercoach... I guess, friendly players that we can touch on here today. Uh, I'm really keen about the Bulldogs. Uh, spent a fair bit of time on these notes. Hopefully, um, the teams look something similar to, to how they shape up. Um, some big news today, though, mate. Uh, we had this discussion. We had the Jordan Ricky versus Kurt Catewell discussion. Uh, we both sort of leaned towards the right side of to, to RF, uh, which we thought was Catewell. But news today out of, out of Broncos camp that Kevin Walters is leaning on Kirk Capewell to help whoever the six is on the left-hand side. Yeah, Jordan Ricky might have just made his way into my side, I think. Um, that's only really fresh news, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, you know what? That actually interests me a lot. If he's got a guy that can feed him and put him over the line, any second roller that gets over the line will get a massive price boost. They can go on a run. Could be anything. Uh, we know he's a good player, so I'm actually really keen. Um might actually drop a bulldog for him. <laughs> so, yeah, Jordan Ricky, one to watch. Watch him through the trials. We'll see how he progresses. Uh, pretty juicy price to pick him up. But we aren't, here to talk to, to, we aren't here to talk the Broncos. We're here to talk about the Bulldogs, mate. And I said the Raiders weren't very exciting. I've got them in 10th. I've got the Bulldogs in 12th. But yet, I'm still way more keen to, to talk about the Bulldogs than I was the Raiders. As I said, I've got them in 12th uh, for next year. Where do you have them sitting? Well, this might surprise some people, but I've actually got him in eighth. Ooh. I mean, Bulldogs fans have him in first, so eighth isn't too bad. No, honestly, um, we've we've spoken in depth about their draw. And for me, eighth is really dependent on their first 10 weeks, obviously. I think if they can, if they can come out of that period four and six, which doesn't sound like a great start, but given that you've played the top four sides basically twice each... I reckon they can storm home and finish eighth. And and that's what I've done here, basically. I've looked at the draw and gone, you know what? Will they be two and 10? Maybe. Will they be not and 10? Who knows? Maybe they will be. But I honestly think they've got a lot more fight in them. They've got a lot more talent in them. I think Gould being near the uh, club is going to do really good things for them. And I think they're going to show some heart. Uh, the Bulldogs typically do show heart. So I think they're going to fight and scratch and claw this year. And, for me, either them or the Broncos is going to take eighth. And at the moment, uh, I've got the dogs. I am not as optimistic. Um, but, look, I still think they're, they're an improvement. It's it's very hard to go worse than last year when they finished 3-21. and 21. 
uh, which which included one eleven at home and two and ten away. Look, they've got a lot of talent, and that first ten weeks is is very crucial. They've got five very winnable games in that first ten weeks. So if they can realistically be four and six, I think four and six that they should be happy with. Three and seven might be a little bit below par. Uh, five and five would be fantastic. Look, their first five weeks. Cowboys Broncos uh, away and then home to both the the Queensland sides. They got Manly away, Melbourne away, Penrith at home. Uh, I guess the first five rounds doesn't do it justice. I'll quickly go into six to ten. Uh, they've got South away, Broncos away, Roosters at home, Canberra away, Knights at home in Magic round. So the home advantage not so much there. So there's probably yeah four or five games I could win there. Uh, it just depends on how they click. How their halves partners go? Who's going to partner Matt Burton? Look, we'll touch on that today. Who the outside back's going to be? The forwards kind of pick themselves in my mind. It just depends on where Barrett puts a few few guys. Uh, I think the forwards weren't too hard to try and get a gauge on. In saying that, I can't wait for him to blow it up, and that looks stupid. But yeah, as I said, mate, three and twenty-one last year, not great. One eleven at home, two and ten away. They ranked 16th in terms of total points scored. They scored 340 points, which was an average of 14.1 points a game. So just not enough points in the modern game. Uh, Obviously, when you rank dead last for that metric, not great. Defense was a touch better. They conceded 710 points, ranking 14th. So they conceded just under 30 points a game. That's got to come down. That's got to come down at least a try. That's got to come down to maybe 24 points a game. And the scoring's got to come up at least a try. So, if, look, if they, on average, can score 20 points and concede 24, uh, you're going to yeah widen the gap. Not widen it. You're going to tighten the gap that they had last year. And, yeah, who knows? I don't, I don't even think a positive record is going to matter. Like, I think you can make the eight next year without a positive record. And in- Yeah, I was just looking at it, and I think they can get probably 12 wins on the season. And I think 12 to 13... If you get twelve, win, if get you get you twelve, if you get twelve wins, that's twelve and twelve. That's a perfect five hundred. Uh, that should be plenty to get get in the eight. I was thinking more along the lines of like 10, 10 11. So if they can go over, they can go over twelve. Uh, especially, I'm if, talking winnable games. It yeah. doesn't mean they will win all of them, but it, sometimes there's, there's going to be some games. You there's going to be games off top sides. There's going to be games they lose against like the Cowboys and the Dragons, which they shouldn't. But there's going to be a, the rare occasion where they upset a side they shouldn't. So it will balance out eventually. Yeah, they could beat a Para or a Cronulla. Maybe even a manly, you know, who knows? They they could win those games from time to time, and if they do, it all adds up in the end. And I just think they need twelve wins, and I think they can get that. Yeah, look, they play the Panthers round thirteen, so I mean that could be a winnable game. Um, depending well, yeah, because depending have on what so origin stars, yeah, this is exactly. what I mean. So their draw, whilst tough at the start, it's really good to to finish when you factor in that. Yeah, they. They play Penrith at that stage. They also play South in round 18 straight after Origin. Maybe guys rest. Who knows? It's possible. Definitely. And they've also got uh, an entire cavalry, and they've they've let half the NRL leave, and they've brought in uh, plenty of players. They've got Matt Burton coming in from the Panthers, Josh Adokar coming in from the Storm, Brent Naden coming in from the Panthers, Matt Dufty and Paul Vaughan both coming in from the Dragons, Tevita Pangai coming from the Broncos slash Panthers, Josh Cook coming from the Rabbitohs, Max King coming from the Storm, Braden Burns coming from the Rabbitohs, and Reese Hoffman announced today, um, joining from the Tigers on a one-year deal. 
When it comes to their losses, uh, strap yourselves in because there is quite a few names here. There's Nick Cottridge going to the Raiders, Nick Meany going to the Storm, Renoff Atoni going to the Roosters, Will Hopawade going to St. Helens, Adam Elliott going to the Raiders, Lachlan Lewis has been released, probably going to start working at JB Hi-Fi, Dylan Napa off to Catalan, Sienna Katoa has been released, Dean Britt being released, Chris Smith to the Panthers, uh, James Ro- Romanoas released, uh, Brad Dietz released, Watson Halata released, uh, Kiko Manu released, uh, Christian Crichton released, and Ofahigi Ogden released, as with Jordan Asiata. So, not a whole lot of outgoings to other clubs. Um, they've just scrapped a lot of the wages off the book and, and sort of cut ties with some contracts, which I don't hate. Uh, there was a lot of dead wood at the club. A lot of names there that uh, I'm sure casual NRL fans wouldn't know. Um, and just a couple of guys that were, were kicking around, Reggie's, that didn't really offer a whole lot to first grade. So, Gus has come in, obviously consulted with Trent Barrett and the board and have cleaned house. And yeah, a couple of those big names, mate, Burton, Addo Carr, Dufty, Vaughan, Pangai, uh, even someone like a Braden Burns and, and your favourite, Brett Naden. Like all these guys are going to do a role. All these guys should be in the starting 13 as well. So it's going to it's gonna increase that quality of, of starting 13 tenfold. And there's a familiarity with all of those guys too. They're all attacking weapons in their own right. And I think that's exactly what they needed. They needed to be able to score points. If they can start scoring points, then they can, you know, focus on their defense at the same time. All of a sudden, the seesaw will swing and um, they'll start scoring more than they are conceding and they'll become a winning side again. And they're well on their way, in my opinion. They they still need to sign a probably a couple of key guys. They've got their nine coming, which is brilliant. Um, but they certainly need a six, in my opinion. If they get that, they're well on their way. They've got their fullback sorted. They've got a plethora of well, guys. It's not a one-year deal, but I, I, I think, think you extend stay. it. Yeah, I think you extend Dufty. Like, I think you'll be fine. Um, you've got some quality forwards. You've got, uh, I mean, we saw Matt Burton when he played seven. He was phenomenal. So they've got a quality seven. You're going to need a six. Uh, I'm not confident with the six that I've picked in my 17. Um, and you're probably going to need maybe a modern-day 13. I, I, I don't... Want to see TPJ play thirteen? I want to keep him on the edge. Um, He'll be on the edge. Yeah, maybe go with uh, with a, a modern day thirteen, and then yeah, you, you've got a really good quality spine. But as you said, mate, all those guys, big attacking weapons, and you're gonna need that. They came dead last when it comes to points scored, so you're gonna need an uptick in production. Look, I really, I really like all those all those inclusions. Um, yeah, there's not one of those guys I don't particularly rate. So I really like those. When it comes to releases, I mean Nick Cottridge. Great player, didn't do it at the, at the at the Bulldogs. Nick Meany, you would have liked to see him stay, but you understand that, that he goes when they bring in Dufty and they've got some some colleague wingers and Addo Carr coming in. I uh, would have loved to see Renoff Tony stay. As a Roosters fan, I'm sure you are very happy to see him in the door. He, he is quality. Will Hopawade, good name, uh, solid performances week in, week out, probably getting over the hill maybe a, a year or two away from really starting to decline, so I think they got out of that at the right time. Adam Elliott. I think he's the only one there out of those names that I would have desperately tried to keep. Um, but the way things ended, you've got to sort of cut no, ties there. I understand it, yeah. Apart from that, the mate, same no, reasons no they one picked else. up Paul Vaughan, they let yeah. go Adam Elliott. So I can see why they did it. Apart from those, mate, I'm not too fussed about any, any, of, the, any of the releases. I feel like a lot of them, yeah, weren't nah, really first one quality. Yeah, exactly. Um, when it comes to injuries and suspensions, look, they've got Raymond Fitella Mariner with his foot. Um, it's listed as a round one return, but he's he's just started running again. He's not doing contact. He's not really doing anything, any fitness. He's just started running. So I think he's a long way away from round one. Um, 
I am really hoping he comes back and plays, let alone comes back at round one. I'm worried that it was a, it was nearly a career-ending injury. This this foot thing, it, it's it spurred up and and became a lot worse than what the Bulldogs imagined. So I really hope for RFM he comes back sometime during the year. We really doubt it's round one. Uh, Matt Dory, he's out with his knee. Uh, Max King is out with an Achilles. Uh, no time frame, but the report suggests he'll be back quite early, maybe even trials. Um, same with Aaron Shop, he's out with a shoulder until trials. So all those guys should be fit for round one, mate. Round one sides. Uh, I think number one picks himself. Matt yeah. Dufty. They they didn't sign him for no reason. Matt Dufty is definitely the number one. It's there's no competition there. Now, I asked you a couple of questions off air before we started recording. Who is in and out of your sides? I don't know who's where. I just wanted to see a couple of names that were in. Um, so I'm very curious to see who your wings are. Mine are Adokar, obviously. And I know you're big on Brett Naden. I don't know where you've put him, but I've put him on the other wing. No, I've got um, Josh Adokar, obviously. Um, I've got Lumi Lumi on the right wing, actually. Yeah, he's obviously another one that isn't, I guess, he's not official, is he? I think he's on a train trial, but it'll be looked to be made official very soon. Yep, yep. but I've I've put him in, in the actual five. Um, I know others have other people in front, but I just think he's a weapon. Uh, I think getting both, you know, Storm wingers would work for them. So I've put him in. So, yeah, I've got Dufty, Adokar, and Naden. You've got Dufty, Adokar, Lumen Lumi. In the centres, I've got Braden Burns and Aaron Shop. I'm very, I'm pretty much sure you've got Naden in the centres at least. Yeah, I've got Naden, and I also do have Burns, but only because I don't know if Shop is ready. Yeah. I actually think if Shop's good to go, he could push Burns out of that side and actually line up on the right side. Or then maybe even they, they flick Naden um, around to the right. I know he's been training at the left, but if Shop's injured, then that would explain why that is, that is the case. Yeah. Uh, I have Shop in my best 17 ahead of Burns, but in my round one team, I have Burns. Yeah, look, if Shop is out round one, I'd probably move Nate into the centres and I'd put Jaden Ockenbore on the wing. Uh, and you've got Lumi Lumi, obviously, but I'd put Ockenbore there. I uh, probably feel he's a little bit more polished than Lumi Lumi, but time will tell. Mate, Matt, Matt Burden at seven, I have. Do you have him at half? I've got him at six, um, but yeah, I've got him in the halves. Going back just a second to Ockenbore, I really like Ockenbore. Problem is, he's always been a left side guy. And that's actually why I went Lumi Lumi because Lumi Lumi is a right side guy. So I think if you move, if you move him to the right, you might end up having defensive issues. He did have some defensive issues on the left, um, so it is a concern for me. That's actually why I went Lumi Lumi over him. That's fair. That's fair. That's that's, that's totally a fair, fair assessment. Um, you're picking players based off their preferred sides. Um, I just I just I just think Ockenborough is probably too much class to to be left behind Lumi Lumi and you try and do what you can to develop him into a right-sided winger. If it doesn't work, then you've obviously got a great right-side specialist in Lumi Lumi. Um, Matt, you mentioned Matt Burton in the six. Who are you pairing him with in the seven? Is it my boy? I don't want to... My boy, <laughs> Get around him. I don't want to say this. I've got Jake Avarillo. Oh, okay. Uh, we, have the same, we have the same house pairing by the sound. Okay, that's fine. I've just got them switched I've around. I've got Avarillo, but if I was picking that side, I would pick Flanagan, to be honest with you. I think yeah. he's better than Avarillo. Get around him. I think he would partner well with Burton. 
but looking at everything I've seen from the Bulldogs, and I, I, like I have got a little bit of inside word at the Dogs, I'll talk about a few guys that are really promising uh, from their training camp over the course of this podcast. It looks like it's going to be Avrilo, mm. and that disappoints me because I would really like to see Flanagan and Burton line up together. I think they're a better part uh, partnering. But is that yeah. because is that because you want to see an organizer? It's very loose to use the term organizing seven when it comes to Flano. But are you wanting to see a more traditional halfback pair with Burton to give Burton more of a chance to play eyes up footy? I don't think. I think Burton in himself can be attacking enough that they don't need to then partner him like with an enigma. I feel yeah. like just go the safe the safe hand and Flano. Burton mm. and play controlling football whilst you're still learning to become a new side because. You know, most of this side is new, you know. I don't really – it's not like having an electric seven that some other sides have and, and it works for them. I just don't think it'll work. I think it would end up putting too much pressure on Burton when Avarillo makes mistakes. I would much rather have control on both sides of the field, play an old-school style, let your attacking players that you've purchased and bought make the special moments. You put them in the areas, they finish – finish it off as opposed to getting throwing it all in and going, Oh, you know, you're an electric top of seven, make something happen. We've seen guys like Milford when they've been asked to do that crash and burn. And I just, I just feel like that's what's going to happen with Avarillo. I'd much prefer Flanagan myself. Dogs fans, NRL fans, whoever's listening to this, uh, let me and Bruno. know, but Bruno, how would you feel if the dogs threw the book at Mitchell Pierce before he took off? Oh, I'd love it. Yeah. It would be perfect for them. He'd be absolutely, he'd be a great pickup for them, you know, controlling. Great, great pickup for Burton, I feel. 100%. He can take control. Burton can play off the back of it, which I feel like is what they need. I don't think Burton is going to be a controlling half yet. We saw last year over the origin period that he wasn't the controlling half. Like, he, pl- he played his best when he played his best when he just put the team on his back and said, Playing "Stuff it. off the back." I'm doing it myself. Yeah. yeah. So it worries me if they if they think Burton's just suddenly going to become Cooper Cronk and take control and perfect kicking game and good areas and you know calm everyone down. I just don't think that's going to happen straight away. I would have put a safer pick next to him. And Flano isn't polished, but it, I feel he's more polished. No, he's more polished. He's than also come from a Roosters system, though, so. You know, at least he has experience yeah. in playing for a stud side with with good halves and, and good areas. So he could play that style for them by all means. Yeah. Um, so and his ha- dad's Shane Flanagan, for God's sake. Like, come on. <laughs> Someone gets Shane Flanagan in contract deals so I don't have to listen to him on Fox every weekend. Um, we have the same halves pairing. We've just got them flipped around. Totally fine. Um, forwards, mate. Forwards. Look, uh, I think Paul Vaughan picks himself at one of the prop spots. Uh, I've also got Jeremy Marshall King at hooker. I'm assuming you do too. I hope you do. Oh, how can you turn your head against JMK? Nope. Okay. Do, do you have Do you have Blondie? Uh, Marshall King's do you not have, the nine for me. Do you have Blondie? No, o? I don't. Nope, I oh, don't actually. Jackson to so Pine. I'm full smoky here. Jackson to Pine. Um, on TLT, Josh Cook. Josh Cook will I be the nine. Of, I got a lot of messages about Josh Bulldogs. Cook. Got a lot of messages about Josh Cook. A lot of people were interested. He's, the so, best half they have. Best, uh, sorry, he's the best nine. hooker they have. And that's why I've picked him there. For me, you want to start a new side. Uh, you want to build all these new combinations. You're going to have a completely new spine. Is it too much, just, though? 
do is it. Is it too much well, for Well, maybe it's too much. But you know what? After two games, they've got a horror run. If You can just use that just, as the excuse if they play just poorly. blood them. Yeah. If, if he's the best guy, then pick him. Marshall King, for me, not the best guy. Beyondy Odo or whatever his name is, he's... No. He's a good player and he'd be, make a great 14, but starting nine, no. Well, I can't even remember who the other guy that you said is, but no. I'll, sp- I'll spoil. I'll spoil my my backline. Uh, Blondie Otto is my fourteen, so we'll we'll touch on him soon. But look, I've got Jeremy Marshall King um, as my nine. I've got Paul Vaughan as my prop. I also have Jack Hetherington as my other prop. Um, I feel Heather is probably more better suited to start rather than coming off the bench when things are. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Heather's the kind of guy where you use him to set the tone, and then have him play for twenty minutes and then bring him off before he punches someone in the head. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, we've gone different there. Uh, Vaughn, yeah, 100% has to start. He's my number 10. I was waiting for you to say uh, Vaughn. Vaughn isn't there. No, no, 100% <laughs> Vaughn's there. Um, oh, then I've got Luke Thompson in the eight. Starting prop has to start somewhere. You've obviously got him at lock. I, do. I don't. Um, so, no, I've got Thompson and Vaughn experienced. Both of them are very experienced. That's a very good front They're row, hard-nosed, isn't it? hard-nosed, very strong. Just lock that in. I'm not. I'm not you know, if, effing around when if it comes they start, to their, their if props, they, bang, that's it. If they start with Thompson and Vaughn, that would have to be one, one of the best combina- like front row combinations in the comp. It's up there. Yeah. I can't, means, I can't yeah. think off the top of my head. Maybe the, like the Knights have uh, Saifidi and Clemmer. Uh, I'm going blank now. Uh, the Roosters obviously will have TKO and Collins or TKO and Jaguar Hargraves. Depends on who starts. But yeah, there's def- a, the aging pack. It, but it'd yeah, definitely be up like there. Their experience, yeah. Um, you, you mentioned it, mate. The Luke Thompson has to start somewhere. Uh, he's my thirteen. Um, so yeah, I guess no surprise to see him not named at prop for me, but then be named at thirteen. You've got to put him in somewhere. Yeah, I've I've got Josh Jackson uh, in the thirteen. I just he's experienced. He does a good job. I don't believe that you do need the lock that you're talking about. For example, I think like with this Gerbo with, with, becoming with, a with this halves lock. pairing, you do Jesus Christ, you need some kind of creativity with this halves. Yeah, maybe, but you can also get that from your edge back rowers. Um, and my edge back rowers to jump the gun, Pangai, he yep. can create. Corey Waddell. Ooh, okay. I'll get a little little hot tip. I guarantee Corey Waddell will be the number twelve. Guarantee. On TLT. I should have you should have told me you're gonna to guarantee something. I would have had a, like a, a sound bite ready, like a like a boom or something, something. Um <laughs> look, I've got Corey Dell in my side. He isn't starting for me. Um I've got Josh Jackson and Tamita Pangai in my back row. Um I feel like Josh Jackson has to be there because he's your club captain and probably one of your best players. He has to be there in some capacity. The question is where do you put him? Do you put him at thirteen? Um do you make way for Hetherington? The only thing for me, is I feel like Heather is better suited to start because you want him to set the tone rather than come off the bench. And that's, I guess, the only saving grace as to why, yeah, he's in the starting side. Otherwise, I do agree having Corey Waddell there. 
Um, really would have loved to see Joe Stimson kick on after he moved from Melbourne, but it just doesn't seem like it's developing. Um, seems to be behind a fair few in the pecking order, but I would have loved to see Joe Stimson work out. Unfortunately, looks like it hasn't. Um, mate, yeah, so basically that's our starting sides done. I've already mentioned uh, Bally Blondie Otto is my 14 in that utility role. Uh, who are you picking? I don't, I'm not really carrying a typical 14 like Toppany, I suppose, would be mine. I've got Jackson Toppany, so we'll put him as my 14. He's the creative utility type that can fill in multiple roles. So Baz is let's big go on Toppany. Well. I've got, I've got JM, JMK as my 18th man at the moment. Um, so the disrespect you know, on Jeremy Marshall King's head. I don't rate him. Oh, mate. Look, he's not. He's nothing flash. I'll be honest. Nothing flash. He just uh, he just does a service job. He's a very good, very good passer. He gives very good receipts out of out of he's, half, um, But he's not exciting. Yeah, he's Tyrone Peachy from Wish.com, if you ask me. So oh, that's hot. Him. That's a that's a very hot take. That is, I cannot have that JMK slander around here, mate. That is not on. I think Jeremy Marshall King is a fantastic uh, passer. Defensively, he's okay. He's gotten better, uh, but doesn't really offer a whole lot in attack, which I guess. You do want uh, Josh King, very good. It's not Josh King. Josh Cook, basically anyone with the surname Cook that plays hooker for the Rabbitohs has a very good running game. And yeah, I mean, Josh Cook's no no different. So he could provide a spark if he gets to the start. Also could throw supercoach plans up in the air. I guess we just brushed over that as well. So if he starts, that's going to that's gonna cause havoc because you think Grant, uh, Grant you think Randall's just no. a... You think Randall is, Randall is a lock? Rand, Randall's a lock for a lot of sides. No two ways about that. I'll if, go lock and cook. If if they're named both at you, nine, you mean, you mean, I will. You mean Randall it, and Cook? The, you said lock and cook. I will go double cheap. Double cheap. Hookers. That's how ex, that's ex, how excited I am about it. I will lock that in, and I will use that funds for days. I will yeah. lock down the rest of my side with it that makes, money. It makes getting Cleary so much easier if you go against. I've got Cleary. Yeah, you do now because you've changed your side a bit, but it makes it. So much easier if you, especially like if you look at it from my situation, like I'm locked on Harry Grant, but if both these guys are named and there's no creative 14 named, then you just go double cheap hookers and you use the funds elsewhere. As good as Harry Grant is, he isn't Nathan Cleary. And yeah, you just In fact, if there was double cheap hookers, I reckon I can carry Cleary and Turbo. I wouldn't carry Turbo just because I'm going to try and anti- I'm going to try and like just anti, oh, not anti death. I'm just going to try and death rate Tevor all year and see how far that gets. You get anti pot him. Yeah, I'm going to anti pot him at eight <laughs> percent, at eight percent ownership or whatever it is. Well, um, yeah, so not really anti potting, but <laughs> exactly, exactly. So Bally on the auto, you've got Topany. Um, you know, you're kind of not fast on the creative fourteen. Uh, I've got Corey Waddell. You've obviously got him starting. I'm assuming this is where you have Jack Hetherington. Yeah, I've got Hetherington on the bench. That's right, That's impact fine. player. We know he can play edge. He played a little bit last year. We know he can play front row. So I just, you know, that in itself became an advantage for me when drawing up this 17 for him being on the bench. I could see why he'd start him. I just personally, like, I think if if Jackson's not starting lock, you're either moving him to the bench or you're putting him on the edge. And I know they want to start Waddell on the edge. So he, he it was the only way no, that mate. I could structure my side. They'll just drop TPJ. That's the... T- oh, yeah. <laughs> <totally>. <laughs> um, so my bench setup is one utility, two middles, one edge. My one edge is Corey Waddell. Uh, my two middles are Max King, if he is fit. Uh, and I've also got Avasi Manifagai as my other middle. I've got 
Well, I've got RFM, but yeah. he's got a big asterisk next to him. So I, I also got, sorry, um, sorry. In my notes, I also put um, if RF, RFM is fit, then Hetherington goes to the bench. Max King drops out. RFM comes to start, and Luke Thompson goes up to prop, and Josh Jackson goes back to thirteen. So if basically right. it looks like your typical bulldog side as to how you have it on paper with Thompson, and basically we have the same third, we have the same the same forward pack. If RFM starts, I just got him starting. Um, with Hetherington dropping to the bench, and then like a bit of a reshuffle. Outside of that, well, I got Siamana Fungi, uh, I've got Jackson Topany, I've got Marshall King in the eighteen, and Max King is my substitute oh, in. This, the the JMK disrespect. I cannot have this. Thank God. Like thank God. Bench. I'm hosting this podcast because I could. I, if I if I couldn't put up with any more of this JMK slander, I'd just I'd just boot you from the call. That that is that is outrageous. I cannot have that. Says the guy that was all over uh, Cody Ramsey last season. Hey, there was merit to that. He was two hundred k at fullback. Oh my god, that was I'll such a bad. That. that was such a bad trade. Looking back, I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, uh, we we move on. Mate, when it comes to studs, studs, traps, and cheapies, or whatever, however however we want to call this, I've I've removed Josh Jackson from the studs category because last year it was Josh Jackson, and that was it. This is like when Luke Thompson was out and whatever. It was just him. He could get whatever he wanted. I've put him in the trap category because I feel like people are going to look at the average from last year and then just expect Josh Jackson, Mr. Consistent, to do it, do it again. I mean, I feel like he just drops down 10 points in averages now because everyone else gets there. So is it, how hot is it to have Josh Jackson as a trap despite probably going to be owned by about 2% of people? I think those 2% of Bulldogs fans, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think any of the... You know, hey, I, start, I started with him. I, start, I started with him last year. He was fantastic. I think he was like four. Yeah, but you're enough, so that doesn't hey, count. He was, um, I think. You, I think honestly, like in in all seriousness, last year he, I think he was 430k, and that was the first yeah. year he moved to the lock compared to being on the edge. Um, so there was some decent merit last year, but I just feel people are going to look at Josh Jackson and have in their head that he's this Mister Consistent guy, and then just expect the same average. And I just don't see it happening. Yeah, well, it's too much risk there for me. He's not even slightly on my radar, to be honest. Um, I guess we've started with one trap. I'll just finish off the rest of them. Uh, Matt Burton. I've got Matt Burton as a first 10 rounds trap. After that, could be good. But first 10 rounds, that Bulldogs draw is rancid. Yeah, I've got Dufty as my trap for the same reason. I've got Burton as an asset because I think not looking short-term and looking long-term, the fact that I feel like we're going to pick this guy up for like 375, 400K mm. in round nine or 10 and probably own him for the rest of the season. And that's why I've got him as an asset because it's a long-term game, not just short-term. Short-term, I absolutely put my hands up and say, do not You and I have the exact guy. same point. We've just put them in different categories based off our points. So I've got yeah. him as a round one to 10 trap. You've got him as a round 10 to 25 asset. Yeah, and and simply because, you know, 15 rounds at the pointy end of the season is very important. So I've got him as an asset. Um, Beside him, I've got Tavita Pangai Jr. as an asset. 80 minutes on a left edge outside of, you know, a bloke who can certainly put someone through a hole. 80 minutes, 55 minutes, 45 minutes, 40 minutes. Doesn't matter how many minutes TPJ plays. He's going to get his. Yeah, I saw him come off the bench for the Broncos last year and get about 32 points in tackle busts in 16 minutes. So. And then probably probably another 50 points just in offloads as well. And then everyone bought him and then he got suspended. And so the, so, so the Tevita Pangai story goes on. But 
yeah, I just I feel like he is going to be a big asset. For I feel that like club you, this I feel year. like you can't mention maturity. you can't mention I bought TPJ and then the sentence always finishes with and then he got suspended. It always happens. yeah. I I think the time at Penrith will have served him well. You know that club went on to win a premiership. He would have learnt some good structures and discipline. I think Gus Gould being at the Bulldogs will be a good influence on him. He'll come into that club almost as a leader of a pack. I like TPJ this year. I do. Um, I am planning to start with him, but if Ricky and I believe Corey Waddell become options, it might change things for me. I just wish he was like 30 K cheaper. Cause I'd much, I'd be so much happier paying five thirty compared to five seventy, or five. True. Uh, yeah. Five seventy nine. Yeah. Yeah. Five thirty nine. It just, I don't know. It just looks better, and the forty k does help long term. I also have TBJ as a massive a- asset. Um, if he can stay on the field, Luke Thompson is also a massive asset because the bloke just gets through work like there's no tomorrow. Problem is not so much at prop though. No, not so much at prop, but at thirteen, and that's where I've got him. Um, okay. Yeah, this I guess this was, this was based off my of mine, um, but he gets through work. Like he was touted as the best front rower in the world when he was coming over here. Um, I think we all know that's not true. He's not paying. We us. all know that any English player that comes over here touted as best player in the world, unless unless Payne Haas, unless proven Payne Haas, otherwise, unless Payne Haas goes to the Super League and comes back, I'm never hearing best prop forward in the world. Um, but I mean, Luke Thompson definitely held his own. He came into the Bulldog side in the middle of COVID back in 2020. Um, I remember seeing things of him doing workouts in his hotel room and then basically played like the first weekend he was out of quarantine, killed it, and has basically killed it ever since when he can stay on the field. The problem is it's never consistent enough. It'd be interesting to see how he goes playing for a better side as opposed to a side where, you know, he's slugging it up, you know, he's standing under the goalposts and it's all for nothing. You know, when you've got something to fight for, you might see a different player. So that that is a plus for Thompson. I, I believe they're going to have a bit to fight for this year. They're not going to be fighting for 16th, no way, or in my opinion. it could go the other way. Instead of him rolling sleeves up being the only bloke to do it, he's now got other people around him and he can sort of take a back seat. I think it's going to go one of two ways. I don't think you'd see a consistent performance from Luke Thompson. I don't think you're going to see a 65 average. I think it might be close to a 70, maybe down at 55. I don't see him doing the it same as... 70. Well, he was sixty-five last year. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he's gonna if he's gonna take on this mantle of of the guy, he's gonna increase his work rate, or he's gonna fall off. I don't think with with all the star power in this forwards lineup that they've got, I don't see them sharing the ball. I think one person is gonna do all the middle work, and then you're gonna like TBJ isn't the kind of guy that's gonna do shit hit ups. Is he? No, nah. no. Nah, he he'll always have the hard runs. Um. And yeah, I mean, I've also got Josh at car as a dud because how many casual players are going to jump on him at a new club? I mean, he's come off the back of a career year. Like he scored 21 tries last year. He's come from the top side to the wooden spooners. Like in reality, if you're thinking about it, anyone jumping on him is a fool. Not not to put anyone off, but like think about it. But fair. He's not going to increase his average going to a worse side. So anyone that thinks that new club means that, you know, he's going to be the bee's knees is kidding themselves. But look at, I guess if you're going to use the new club, oh, geez, we had a bit of a bit of a pop there. Uh, if you're going to use the new club argument, you've got to have like a decent foundation for it. And the fact that Adokar was like one of the NRL's leading try scorers last year with one of his best seasons try scoring wise 
You're picking him he up. He had Munster and Pappenhausen exactly, picking him exactly. the ball. Exactly, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. He's going to have Jake Avarillo giving him the ball. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, and his base isn't there. He's not Brian Toto. He's not going to get you a safe 40 points in base. Like, Adokar is a very Rockstar Diamonds. You're going to buy him for 320k come round 15 when the dogs go on a decent run. And then, yeah, cool, pick him up then. But, like, round one, stay far away from Adokar as possible. And I never thought I'd have to say that, but his ownership numbers really surprised me. Um, considering, I guess, how obvious this looks on paper. Yeah, I, um, I'm i against it. When it comes to uh, X-Factors, I'd own Paul Vaughan in a heartbeat if Stefano wasn't a thing. I, I just have Paul Vaughan in there because I feel like we're just getting a resurgence. At 482k, Vaughan could go up to like a 62, 63 average, um, depending on how short his shorts are come round one. Good, it's a good side. Um, <laughs> I reckon the higher the, the higher the shorts, the higher the average. So maybe watch out for that in trials. Okay. <laughs> Are they as high as your shorts on Twitter the other day, mate? Hey. We'll just leave it at I'll, that. I'll, um, give, I'll give myself a quick plug. Yeah, check out check out Twitter where I've uh, very revealing thirst trap. Mm, yeah. Victoria's Secret model. God, right this there. podcast um, is going off the rails today. <laughs> uh, yeah, Paul Vaughan, I had him as my X Factor as well. Maybe from a super coach perspective, definitely from a club perspective, I think he's going to do great things. I also think he is a dead set sneaky option. You know, if you don't want to, if you don't want to jump on Payne Haas and you want to go for Vaughan and Utakamano and and save the hundred and let's say you're trying to trim a hundred off everywhere you can so that you can get a turbo or a Cleary, I wouldn't object to it because I really think that you are going to get a sixty-five ish average this year. So I'm a hundred percent on board with your Vaughan X Factor. My other one is Brent Naden. I was, Again, I, was literally about, I was literally about to segue into your best mate, Brent Naden, as my next X Factor. Yeah, so maybe not to start the season, but I think as the season goes on, you might be able to pick this guy up at an absolute steal. A little bit like I said about Burton, you know, the draw is the draw. It's tough. The, the Roosters, the like Panthers, Melbourne, they're great defensive sides. I can't see these guys banging out 60-plus against them unless they get a try. If they don't get those tries and they bang out a 20 or a 30 and they do it for a couple of weeks, we all know what centre's like. They're going to burn a lot of cash. If you can pick this guy up for 300 or anything sub 400 before they move into a good draw, 100%. Yeah, well, he, he's currently three. You're, he's currently three forty. Quote me on it during the season. I guarantee you, at some point during the season, when we get to close to round ten, I'll be saying, you know what? I think it's time I'm going to jump on Brent Naden and have a smoky shot here at a pod, and then everyone else will jump on, of course, because Bruce the King. But yeah, Brent Naden, turn it up. Um, look, he's three forty one at the moment. He has a pretty decent base. Uh, I think he averaged forty. Uh, for anyone listening, Bruce trying to flex some made-up championship that he won on Twitter. Um, so, look, Naden's 341, and look, he, he has he has decent base. So, I don't think we're going to pick him up at, like, 250, because I think his base will always hover him around that 290 to 310 range, uh, which is what Bruce said. I think we can pick him up for around 300 if the dogs do go on a bit of a, bit of a slump to start the season, um, which... I mean that that could definitely happen. As much as Bruin, as much as Bruin, I think they're going to go three and seven, four and six, five and five. Uh, there's a possibility where all this new players takes time to gel. It could take ten weeks, and they could be one and nine or two and two and eight, and then they don't score points, and we get Naden for three hundred. And then when they do start to click, we can pick him up. Um, I've also chucked in Aaron Shop as a, an X factor as well. I know that he's not in your starting side, but he's in mine, so I feel like it's only fair for me to chuck him in here. 
because he is 385k, he did average more than Naden, and he does have fantastic base, and I think he's just going to improve year on year. I think he's in for a, a better season as to what he was last year with a better side around him, and if he can jag a center spot, uh, I think he's in the same conversation as Naden to pick up around that round 10 time. Well, last year on the podcast, I literally said that he was going to be the first one of the first guys I picked next season because I loved him. You know, as it turns out, the Bulldogs went on a, a Sp- spree, spend and, and, spree. The draw, and the draw came out and it kind of, you know, raped them a little bit. I think that's binding, mate. I bit... think I think you've got to have shop in your team round. I think that's binding, I, I reckon. Oh, well, we'll see if he's named round one. But yeah, look, if if, he, if he's named to start, uh, 385 is a bit steep. I think he might leak a little bit of cash down to 330-ish. Yeah, and then same as Dave, pick, pick him up round 10. Um I feel like we could be flipping a lot of these guys, flip guys like Panasini, flip guys like Sawali um, at, what, 450, 500? And then we can do heaps with that coin, especially if you don't start with Cleary. Like, you can look at targeting just before Origin or after Origin um, for Cleary once you flip your cows. So that could be a strategy to do. Mate, I uh, haven't done any cheapies for the Bulldogs because apart from sort of Max King and, and Josh Cook, there isn't a whole lot there, unless you have any that yeah, I'm not thinking is. of. Because I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, t- I'll be t- totally transparent. I didn't um, get a whole heap of time to write these notes. I'm leaning on you a little bit here. Yeah, one guy uh, exclusively. I'll give you this. That's really impressing the Bulldogs during their training camp is Paul Am- Amanati. I think his name is. He's available bottom dollar cheapy. Uh, he's in the mix, to be honest with you. So, like your Braden Burns and these guys that came across as. You know, middling tier wouldn't call, kind of center wouldn't call them stars, but you know, guys that you know are well known, they're on notice. Guys like Aminati, uh, Naden, they're all in the mix. Shop, he's there, he's really impressing. The Roosters are actually trying to sign him. Do we want to touch on this narrative that everyone's got around the Bulldogs and picking someone like a lot like, like an Aminati that you just discussed on? Because people are looking at the Bulldogs as, as enoughs. Like, if you're going to run enough, people are looking towards the Bulldogs because of the fact they play so late in the week, every week. Are you, if you're in the if you're in the enough camp, are you looking at picking up these kind of specialists that play later in the week, or it doesn't overly concern you too much? The first thing I look at is dual. That, and I look that at makes that, life a lot easier. Just because of trading, there's nothing worse than wanting to do a trade and you can't do it because you don't have the right jewel, but you could have. So the first thing I ought, like for example, Burbo, I've got Ben Trebojevic. I'm pretty confident if he's not 17th, he's 18th man. So he's there or thereabouts to play for them next season. There might be a bit of favoritism there because he is a Trebojevic. I think he's there or thereabouts, but the fact that he's dual center, uh, second rower, he's in for me. And I've got him in, even though he costs 13 grand more than the bloke I'm talking about, Aminati, who I know is really close. That 13K is worth the jewel. It's worth the jewel. So, yes, in some circumstances during the season, if you're going for enough, then yes, you look for the late, the late playing guy who, you know, can become a perfect loop. But early on, I don't so much look at the loop per se. I do normally carry two MPRs. I don't know. That was whether my, or not I can do that this year. That was my next. COVID, that was my next question. But was, we do also have extra trades. So, look, I'll make a decision probably only at TLT. If carrying two MPRs means that I can carry a Cleary, 
as opposed to carrying a Heinz. And I always look at combinations of two. So I can't really give an example off the top of my head, but Cleary and someone versus Heinz and someone. If I look at it and go, you know what, with the NPR, I can carry Cleary and I feel like I'm going to get equal, if not better points, then I'll do that even with the new rules and COVID because we've got the extra trades. But that's something I need to think about more because this is very, very fresh. The, the, common, the common one I'm seeing from people is Campbell and Cleary versus Sexton and Teddy. Like that's just a rough example. And for me, I'd go Sexton, uh, Teddy over Cleary, Campbell. That's just me. Um, but closer to the season, we'll do a, we'll do a, um, some kind of strategy podcast. God, I hope I bounce back this year when it comes to ranks because it's going to be awkward if I go crap two years in a row. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll do, a, we'll do a, a strategy pod and then we'll touch on the benefits of running an NPR versus not. I'm always against running NPRs because I always like the depth. But rounds one to five, is it even worth looping when you've got a guy like Burbo on the bench who, if you get 17th man, let's be realistic, he's probably going to see 10 minutes a game and score you three. Like... And that's, I guess that's that's the thing that you guys have to weigh up if you're looking at running enough because like, I get sent teams all day every day and a lot of them just have no bench depth and I won't, won't really look at those because it's not... You need to go back and fix your bench. When it comes to one or two nuffs, is it worth running someone that's going to score so poorly when it's going to affect the loop? Early season, it's really hard to, to loop early season. Mm. Like unless... Unless Turbo's banging out 200, 250, and it's like a given that you're going to get a 500 captain, so it doesn't really matter if your MPR gets one, you're still going to work yeah. out better off. It, it's it's kind of changed from the olden days where, you know, 90 or 100 was a loop. Things have changed drastically. Mate, you know? la- last year... I looped a 150 last year, and I was worse Co- off at did, one point. Did, did you loop Cody... This, that was my point. A lot of people loop Cody Walker when he got 150 and then beat themselves up when Turbo scored 200. It's so like if you're if you're looping 150, you cannot it be. It wasn't up. that week. But there was a week like that, and I remember people were so upset because they, they would message me or message other pages or whatever, and we all gave the same advice. If you score a 150, you loop it, and like you can't oh, no, you can't beat yeah. yourself up because Turbo scores 200. I think Fafita was involved in mine. I can't remember. Um, I remember. But, I think it was. I remember that week. I think maybe eleven or twelve. I do remember that one because uh, shout out to Aman. Got a hat trick. Aman talks super coach. I think did that, and he came out worse off for it as well. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I did too. But to be honest with you, I normally go 25 strong with my squad with yeah. the point being that I'm going to make cash. And last year, I just changed the game completely. I think I took three MPRs last year because I said, you know what? I'm pretty sure Walker's going to play. I'm pretty sure Sawali's going to play. And I know a lot of people are starting the season with him, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, I relied on them coming in at some point so that I knew that I could do a sideways trade enough for new – well new cow, I guess. But I told myself when they come around, no matter what the situation is, I'm going to get the new the new cow and I'm going to replace the nuff so I can then start making cash. As it turned out last year, everything worked out perfectly. You know, Sam Walker was in early and I think I I think I started with Madden last year because he was I think I started with Madden over Sam Walker last year simply because of the jewels. Yeah. And I ended up trading Madden to Walker and then Walker made a shitload of money. And, and, and I did similar with, with Suwali when he came in, I, I cashed someone out who'd made me a shitload of money and, and I just kept rolling with it. So I'm a little bit on the fence with what is better because 
I know quite a few guys that go heavy on the NPRs. I know uh, it's guy, a, it's Feeney, a gamble. Bear, it's it's always it a gamble. Year in, year out. He always takes two or three so he can get the best possible side in round one. And it might have even been him that convinced me on one of their pods to do that. And I did it last year and it worked. So, like I had a really strong side, I felt, 17-wise, because I carried the NPRs. I just made sure that as a player, I didn't let them sit there for the season. I prioritised making them a trade at some point so I could start making money at some point. Maybe I've got, tunnel, maybe I've got tunnel vision. But like I feel like this year it's not that hard to build a team. Like there is plenty of value guys there that you don't need to be nothing three guys, um, but maybe I'm just got tunnel vision with my just looking at my side. It just depends. Like um, Piakura or whatever, he's not going to be in my seventeen. I don't think he's going to be there in round one. And every man and his dog has him in their side, for example. So that's going to be a guy that I need to replace. Max King, I've got Max King in my side pretty much from day one. Is he going to be there round one? I really don't know. He's another guy I got to replace. I think we're going to end up with situations where we all need to knock it up to Maroa or Franklin Pele. I can't think of someone at second row off the top of my head, but we're going to end up needing 30, 40 K in all these different positions to bump up to people as opposed to bottom dollar cheapies, which yeah. I don't think we're going to have really any bar TAF. I've deliberately, maybe TAS. I've deliberately left 250 K in my kitty for that exact reason. So come ten was Tuesday. I don't have to pull aside the part, uh, pull apart the side too hard to get these guys in. So that's I my- haven't because if I have to carry NPRs, I'm just going to do it, and I'll just tactically play around that from are you then locked, on. Are you locked especially on the? Especially with the five round trades. Are you now? Locked, are you now locked on Cleary? Like you're not moving off him? I'm pretty locked on. Yeah, At see, the I'm moment, I'm carrying Taff and Ilias. And in round three, I'm planning to use five trades. So Fair. I'll pick the five best cows that I can at that point, make sure I'm making money. But I want to try and start with Cleary, Teddy, and Pappenhausen. So I'm as close to getting to the ideal awesome foursome with Trebojevic and whichever one of those two fullbacks is the guy this year from, from right from the get-go. So with that five trade, I changed my tactic a little bit and I'm going to try and start with Cleary. Use the five trades in round three. Save the second, I think, for the two buys. Makes sense. And that's what I'm thinking off the top of my head going into the season. So think about a tactic when you're building your side and think about when you want to use those trades. And I think it will go a long way into helping you plan how you're going to get a side come TLT. All right, bit of a tangent at the end there, bit, bit of strategy. But, um, yeah, that's going to do it for today. Um, Bulldogs chat, very, very rogue today. Uh, as you can see, Brew has a can of VB. So that's probably why the podcast went a bit rogue, but hopefully you enjoyed the bit of banter. Um, and a little bit of strategy talk at the end there from a guy who uh, finished top 100 last year and a bloke who hasn't had a good finish in two years. So <laughs> hope you enjoyed it. Um, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, as always, ciao for now. Ciao for now, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 